Welcome to the Emotional Coach Podcast with me, Andrea Splendori. And this week, my guests are Laura Maloney and Grace Mead. When I first started this podcast, I wanted to give a platform to people in the coaching world and showcase their practice and their businesses. Today is the turn of Laura and Grace that, along with myself, Fabio and Pat, I've created a business called Pentago and we offer coaching to businesses and individuals. As per all my podcasts, this wasn't rehearsed and the girls hated me for it, but I like to get the true stories and the true emotions. I hope you enjoy the conversation and if you have a coaching business and would like to be on the podcast, please contact me on andreasplendori.com. The music is Paralyzed by Nevada. I'm here with Laura Maloney and uh, Grace Meath, and we're going to just talk a bit about our, our own business for once. Um, but also, we're going to talk about Laura and Grace and their background and just get a, a bit of uh, feedback on uh, how they got into the world of coaching. So I'm going to start with Laura because she's the first to come up on my screen. And uh, so Laura, just give us a little bit of a, a background, a bit of bio, anything at all. Um, I love the question, who who are you? You know, who am I? Um, well, the, the detail, I suppose, is that I am, I'm, I trained as a chartered accountant. I worked for uh, uh, one of the big four, KPMG, for uh, 11 years. I was with um, Smurfit Kappa, um, another uh, enormous and wonderful or- Irish organisation um, for about four years and have held other uh, various different um roles in other uh, the high profile corporates um so all in all I've had you know a, a wonderful uh, time and a wonderful experience um uh, throughout that I'm I'm also a mother of three smallies and um that's an enormous part of my life and so juggling the um the demands of various different elements um a, you know I was certainly up for and well used to uh I chose to step out of it though um when I had my third baby and take time out just to focus on the family and during that time I spent a lot of time you know wondering well what's what's next for me here I am um having very much achieved everything that I had kind of set out to. Um, I ticked all the boxes, um, you know, set lots of goals, um, achieved all those, got to a stage and uh, realised um, a few years ago, I'm approaching 40 and there is this overwhelming sense of, oh, oh, well, is this it? And oh my goodness, what comes next? And so a wonderful friend, um, my dearest friend, uh, Anya Morgan, introduced me to the world of coaching. And she at the time was really only learning about it herself. She's now since uh, qualified and is a wonderful coach in her own right. Um, but I, when once I had been introduced, I just thought this is incredible. This is This is the answer. This is the key. It's so simple. It's so tangible it's so valuable how did I not know this 
before it's so obvious and I think that's the best thing about um that's the reason why things work it's because they are the simplicity of it and I dove into it then about three years ago I've since done a number of diplomas including uh, personal leadership and executive coaching uh, I've also done mental health and well-being and have recently uh, completed corporate well-being coaching as well with you wonderful people and that's why I'm certainly here and with you um, and I have just absolutely loved it and it's really given me an incredible amount of joy and purpose and meaning and um, and that's that's how I'm I'm here. Um, in terms of who am I, um, just when we go back to that question, I think I've always been a, a cheerleader. I've always been a champion. I love people. I find them incredible. I just I just love how innately able and capable and well and wonderful they are. And so um, this this. Um, genre of work for me is just the greatest gift and the greatest pleasure and I am I I, I just I suppose I'm very fortuitous in terms of having met you guys at the right time I was at that stage where I was wondering okay well how do I how do I uh, channel this so that I can I can get myself out there into the world add value contribute make an impact and um yeah that's 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 or how we got to or I got to this place right now okay thanks I mean Laura and Grace if I go with to you and ask you the same question um so how you know give me a little bit of background on uh, how you got to where you are now yeah um how long have you got Andrea <laughs> so long as you like <laughs> I suppose, um, similar to Laura, I'm also an accountant, so I don't know what that says for the accounting um, community um, or profession. Um, I, my, I suppose my career wasn't wasn't linear by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I started my career in AIB and um, I chose to leave there in 2006. And I know now the reason that I chose to leave there was because what I was doing didn't align very well with my values. Um, but I, I, I didn't appreciate that at the time. I probably wasn't emotionally intelligent enough or aware enough to, to, to realize that. Um, but I would have been involved in lending at the time. Uh, I then moved into a role of financial controller in the motor industry and I love vehicles, love cars. Um, so that was a big, big hit for me and I absolutely adored it, except for come bam slash at us budget 2008 and the implications that that had for the industry was just absolutely devastating and I suppose that was my first experience of me having to become a resilient person um we had to diversify you know like cash is king and there wasn't much cash out there times were very difficult very challenging and job security was an issue and you know, business security was an issue and business viability was an issue for, for that industry in, in its totality. So it was a very uncertain time, very stressful time. Um, and I was married with two small children and, you know, it, it took a lot on me. Um, I then was very lucky enough to get an, um, a job at one of the big four. Uh, like Laura, I was EY. 
Um, and I traveled to Dublin and I worked away from home quite a bit. And that was difficult being away from my family. And for me, that's probably when I discovered, like Laura was kind of saying, where's where where am I going? You know, what am I going to do? I'm in my mid 30s and suddenly, you know, life in this rat race probably isn't right for me and my family. Um, so shortly after that, um, my marriage ended and I suppose I found myself availing of coaching services myself and you know I'd always been very goal driven and focus driven you know like ticking boxes in my life you know the way you know you're supposed to get a good education you're supposed to get a good qualification you're supposed to get a good job you know and you're either the the guard the teacher or the banker I was ticking all these boxes you know this traditional Irish way that we were reared you know or that I was certainly reared Um, and you get married and you have 2.4 children and you know tick 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 and then suddenly, shit, my world, sorry, my world fell apart, you know, um, and all of a sudden, you know, nobody died and I was able to rise again. So my resilience came through and I started, I suppose, a coaching journey myself, a personal coaching journey. And I developed new goals, new ideas like buying my own home and, you know, securing a good job that I could provide for my children and looking after my children and caring for my children and minding their mental health and their well-being. And I became more self-aware. And I suppose I stopped doing what you should in inverted commas do. And I did what was right and true for me and who I was and who my children were and aligned to my values. Um, And my life became such a happier, happier life. And our home became such a happier home. Um, I always say it's the smallest house we've ever lived in, but it's the happiest house we've ever lived in, you know. Um, and from that, then I thought, well, if, if I've done this for myself and coaching has done this for me, then like Laura, I always like to see the best in other people. And I'm a glass half full type of person. So I wanted to be able to do this for others. And I suppose throughout my career, I've always managed teams and I've always, you know, tried to develop people. And I've been people's greatest champion. And now I thought, well, I can actually formally do this in a coaching world. And so I took the the opportunity to do the personal leadership and executive coaching qualification. And then through COVID earlier this year, did the um, corporate wellbeing coaching, which I suppose having worked in multinationals and having worked in, I now work in a semi-state, it I I suppose I'm exposed to this type of environment and I understand what happens and the politics and, you know, the the nuances of that type of environment. And I wanted to be able to help and others navigate the environment and support them in in that type of environment. So corporate well-being is something that I feel extremely passionate about and hence the the advent of Pentago and um, I suppose the beginning of this wonderful journey that we'll have together helping other people wonderful okay i just gonna go back to laura for a second so i want to ask you laura and um, what you decided to to get into the coaching um what has been so far the most uh, rewarding and i suppose unexpected results you've had with um, your clients um i see again that's a kind of a tricky question and only in that um what has been the most rewarding you find with every client you know every situation is unique uh, every you know every person's unique uh, and I, I suppose what what I I see now that I didn't see say three years ago or two years ago whenever 
um, I started working with people on a one-to-one basis and with larger organizations, et cetera, is that um, we may have a we may have expectations or an idea of how things are and how people are. And it's only whenever you really sit down and give time and space and thought, you know, as a coach, you're, you're, you're holding up a mirror, you know, to someone, you know, it's, um, and so what I find is that, that it's, it's only fair that actually um, I ensure that I kind of keep myself out of it, give them the space, you know, and 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 give them that time. Um, it's such a gift. I, I think the rewarding part is watching them find the solutions to their to to the issues that they're having. There, you know, that that one debilitating or a limiting belief that they have. Um, and once they've seen it, they don't unsee it. It's there now. They realize that's that's what it was. That's where that's where I've been going wrong. That's why I've been getting the results that I get. This is because I have been thinking this. And as a result, this is happening. And I'm doing this, I'm creating this myself. And if I am creating this myself, I have the control then. I then can make that change. I can do something about this. And it it snowballs from there. It's and it's wonderful. It's that that's to me is is definitely um I'm a huge fan of um a guy called Michael Neal. He's actually um he is speaking in the EMCC conference this week. And he, um, he he described us as these, you know, wonderful gems, diamonds. But we we apply nail varnish and horse manure and a whole pile of layers of horrible stuff on top of it. And I think that that's that's the magic for me for in coaching. It's just peeling all that crap off. And to reveal the this the truth to reveal this wonderful truth to yourself. It's just so it's it's that part. It's very exciting. It's very hard as well. You know, like it's it's not pleasant. It's not a nice, it's it's hard work. And you can see that in your client. Like they're it's you know, it's not all smelling lovely. It's in fact it smells like horse manure, but but once you've cleared it, seen it, cleared it away, you know, it's it's wonderful what you can reveal to yourself. And I think that that it's that reveal, it's that discovery. I just, it's so powerful and so wonderful. Same question to you, Grace, just because I know you've done quite a lot of coaching as well. Um, what, what, what's, what's it been for you? What's it been like for you to see your clients uh, transform? Yeah, so like Laura said, it's the aha moments or it's when the the client, you know, recognizes something in themselves, you know, and as she said, you know, you can't unsee it then, you know, it's it's glaringly obvious, but it's 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 allowing them to travel the journey to get there. And um I know there's the 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 infinite saying, you know, until we make the unconscious conscious, it continues to, to rule our life and we'll call it faith. And I suppose that's what we're doing in the in, in the coaching journey is we're trying to make the unconscious conscious. 
Um, and I suppose like I've had various types of clients. I've, I've done relationship coaching, you know, uh, career coaching, uh, corporate well-being. Um, I've even done some coaching on weight loss with people. And it, it really doesn't matter what the subject matter is. At the end, end of the day, it probably boils down to our limiting beliefs about ourselves, like Laura said. And, you know, it's, it's our thoughts that control our destiny. And it's to allow somebody to realize that you actually hold a pen to your own book here. You're writing the story of your own life. Um, and I think it sounds so simple. And a lot of the coaching tools are actually quite simple. But some people don't realize. And maybe it's a lot to do with boundaries. I kind of I've discovered through my conversations with people that, you know, I don't know whether it's an Irish thing or, or what it is, but we're not great with the old boundaries. And as a result of that, then other people are ruling our lives or directing our lives and we're allowing it to happen. So the coaching journey brings you to this massive awareness of, you know, your lack of boundaries and your your limiting beliefs. And it's the simple stuff that allows you to regain the control of your own life and take the pen back, you know, um, and it's whether it's, you know, that you're struggling and you're emotional eating or whether it's that you have an issue with a boss at work and you're overworking, you know, or whatever it is, you know, it, it, the issue isn't relevant. It's the same stuff that we seem to end up working through, you know, the limiting beliefs and the boundaries being key. But it's it, it's the voyage of discovery and it's seeing the recognition in somebody's face, the aha, that, oh, my God, I get it. I, I know where I've been going wrong or I know what I, you know, that to me is hugely rewarding. And I, I don't think, you know, you can't pay for that. Like it's it's the sense of achievement to see somebody, you know, on the journey is fantastic and it's hugely rewarding. That's great. And uh, we all met uh, through studying and uh, we obviously through the coaching, we all kind of open our hearts to one another in, in our little rooms. And so we came to the conclusion that we were be better served to create something together and try to work with organizations. And that's what we're doing now as a company called Pentagon. But do, do, so... Tell me about how, because you, you were the first to start off with, you know, of our group to start off working with organizations and, you know, through some of the courses you've been doing. Just tell me a bit how you see that coaching. We know about the individual now, but within the organization, what have, what have you seen the last few months? Yeah, so I've been very lucky in that my employer has afforded me the opportunity to design a program um, for the department. So I've designed a program called Wellness Wednesdays, and it's an hour every Wednesday. Um, which I deliver to the supply chain function in Ervia. Um, so there's about maybe, you know, between 70 and 80 people that can benefit from this each Wednesday. So I suppose for me, it was just, you know, um, an opportunity to, you know, give people the tools and the techniques um, to probably get through the difficult times of lockdown and, you know, um, probably make people more self-aware. And I suppose the issue of working from home, you need tools of resilience to get through lockdown but then the fact that you're working from home you probably need boundaries tools you know in terms of um, being able to manage the work-life balance um, and not allowing them to kind of merge on each other and also the fact that you're no longer commuting and getting to the office and things like that we needed to sort out things in relation to maybe morning and evening routines so that you know your life albeit different that it does have a form and a focus to it and um, 
so I've been running these each Wednesday now for the last, I think, five or six weeks. And um, the feedback has been phenomenal, which is hugely rewarding for me. So, OK, I might spend hours in the evening coming up with the content for the workshop and it only takes an hour to deliver it. But I have to say the engagement is phenomenal. And, you know, um, even if I've had people that they've had to miss one for whatever reason, I'll get, can you share the slides? And I'm really sorry I have to miss it. And, you know, which is fantastic, you know, um, and we it's it's a very, I suppose, the format is that it's interactive. So whilst I do have slides and I do have material and tools and techniques to share with people, I encourage open questioning and I encourage people to share in the chat box or to actually unmute themselves and come on and talk. And I have found, you know, people that I wouldn't have expected to share are now sharing and they're giving examples of things that have happened in their life. And they're sharing openly with you know, 70 or 80 people, which would never have happened if you were in the office. I mean, we wouldn't have the opportunity to be sharing on that scale, you know, and it's it's quite personal, the stories that are being shared. And then people will share, you know, books or tools or things that they have found beneficial. And it's just creating, I think, a culture of awareness and, you know, caring. And it, it's just a really, really, really special time, I have to say. And um, I'm hugely grateful to my employers and I'm hugely grateful to my peers for affording me this opportunity to, I suppose, fulfill my passion. Um, and also, especially when I know that they're getting so much out of it and the feedback, oh, it's just magical. It really is. And Laura, you, you've been on the, at the forefront of our little company to do proposals and talking to clients and on what their needs are tell us a bit how you see and uh, that process and how you see companies and how they're reacting to our proposals I think again what they are seeing and what we're offering um, because as a group of five we have such diverse backgrounds we have we've all essentially walked the talk we've all worked in organizations um, as part of teams, we've managed, we've led, um, you know, we've felt the challenges, um, we've encountered a, the, the, you know, environments that haven't been terribly, you know, supportive, we've, we've been, you know, we've enjoyed um, teams that have been, you know, full of, of, trust and collaboration and cooperation etc so you know so that's what the five of us are bringing um and again this love and and passion for a for coaching and 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 our i suppose a respect for our um, you know employees well-being and so it's 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 that which i think is makes us an attractive prospect to to the client also you know we've we've we not only have the diverse experiences but um we know what's going on at the moment um um and and we've 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 those tools and those techniques that you know when we're when we're working with our clients we're very much in a kind of co-creative and um responsive state um and, and really getting to grips with well w what are their issues how can we be supportive obviously how can they um ensure that they create a culture 
uh, conducive to the, um, you know, to the uh, their ambitious objectives for their future. That so, um, so that's 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 essentially where we are and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, um, what, what I found is that there is that uh, openness and awareness on what is needed at the moment uh, from a lot of the companies we've been talking to, which is great to hear. And uh, But tell me something, if, I, if you cast your mind back to um, when you first got your job in your big four, the first big four, those few years ago, what do you think uh, uh, something like what we're doing, and it's not just us, there's a lot of coaching companies out there, there's a lot of coaching practices, but what would coach you would have done to young Laura going into the big bad world of uh, corporate? Again, I think as well, you see, what 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 coaching has done certainly for me and is doing for our clients is that it's creating um, as a... Grace had mentioned before um, an awareness, a self-awareness um, um, and also this taking um, responsibility for yourself and what's going on. So young Laura was, yes, very excitable, very ambitious, very motivated, goes into the corporate environment and um, things go her way. They don't go her way, but she's very much kind of looking outside of herself for um, confirmation of of how things are, you know, looking for validation, looking for approval, looking for recognition outside of herself um, and not taking personal responsibility all of the time. Sometimes, yes, but not, you know, when I look back and I think of all of the tools that we have learned on this journey of our own and with relation to the coaching is that the my experience would have been undoubtedly much richer I mean I had a don't get me wrong we had a wonderful time we worked hard we played hard um you know it was it I you know what I mean especially when you're talking about the early you know in the 2000s and late 2000s where there was more champagne flowing than anything else you know as a 20 something it's it was fantastic but Again, the focus was, you know, um, more on what can the world give me as opposed to maybe my role in the world, you know, and uh, and what I can do and how I can contribute. And um, and I and I, if I could speak to her, then there was a lot of worry and anxiety of what was going on outside. You know, what were people thinking? You know how will this be perceived um you know am I good enough all these kind of things and it, which is it, you know was was not helpful um and certainly my experience could have been much more pleasurable if I had these these certainly these tools and and techniques I think I just want to ask you both and kind of, kind of open it up as a more of a conversation because as you know my passion is about conversations and communication but it's also about teenagers and youth I, I just believe you know I'm too old to be changing the world I'm a great believer that the, the youth of today will be the well, they are the future and I need to make sure that they do they get the best tools just to follow on what you just said Laura but both of you have attracted uh, over the last number of years as as uh, coaches. Uh, you, you work a lot with female, if I'm correct, as a female, and you both have had your own experience uh, as um, female in the workplace. And what do you see there? And is is, is it changing? And 
and how is it changing? Is it is it changing for the better? Is, we finally got to a point where where we're moving on from um, the glass ceiling and so on and so forth. I I think Andrea that um, yeah, like go back to limiting beliefs and again the old traditional way in which we were probably all reared. Like if you think about it. In a, in a, certainly in my time anyway, my mom stayed at home, you know, when she got married, it was you give up your job now and you stay at home and you mind the kids. So we're probably one of the first generations that, you know, go out and continue to work when you have a family yourself, you know. And so so it's it might seem a bit taboo to, to be saying like that, you know, we weren't always, you know, career orientated, but it's it's, you know, it's not that long that the women are actually remaining in the workplace. So there is still a bit of that limiting belief, I think within us you know in in that we're probably not as good as the men and you know people often say if there's a job advertised and there's nine things on the spec and if a man sees it and he can do two you know he'll probably go here shall I give it a go I'll put in for it you know and the woman will see she can do seven and she'll be like but I can't do those two I probably won't go for that you know and women are known to apply for jobs you know probably a year or two after they're capable of doing it whereas men would put themselves forward before they're capable of doing it and that's just who we are and there's nothing wrong with that but what I would say is um, there are some inspiring women out there and I do think things are changing. And certainly for me, one woman that has really inspired me, I have never met this woman myself on a one-to-one basis, but um, Anne O'Leary, the CEO of Vodafone Ireland, she's a Cork woman like myself, but also she is just hugely inspiring. I've heard her interviewed on numerous occasions and I was at a fireside chat at a um a women in tech conference um, in Dublin with her a couple of years ago. And she spoke about, you know, putting the elevator down for other women. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I do find that um, unintentionally, but I do find that I, I, I do tend to mentor a lot of females on my teams. And um, I, I would be the biggest ambassador of them, you know, and I would be pushing them all of the way and I wouldn't have them in any way doubting their capabilities. And I would be, you know, I'm the cheerleader at the sideline. I'm the one that's saying to them, no, you need to go for that job. I'm not holding them back because they're, you know, it's great when you have good, strong women on your team because obviously they bolster my weaknesses, um, you know, because you can't be good at everything, but you can hold these people back. You've got to propel them forward. And I would be a huge ambassador for the good people and motivating them and developing them and feeding them forward, not holding them back, you know. For me, again, you know, the 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 value and diversity, you know, and experience in, in any um in any environment on any team is so important, you know, and um when we're all when we're all homogenized, we all look the same, we all talk the same, we all act the same, that kind of thing. I mean, gone are those days. Um everybody appreciates that that's just not helpful. It's just not conducive to a growing um, you know, inspiring um environment. It's just it's, we, we know that um, and there's lots to, there's lots of um, evidence to support that. I definitely have felt both sides where you know you have women who are real champions of women and are and are you know are at the top of that ladder and they're ready to pull you up with them and then there are sometimes because of experience, because of mindset, there have been others that are, are very quick to pull the ladder after themselves you know and I mean no, it, it was hard for me so therefore you know it's 
you know, you 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 also need to prove yourself. So we we're we're we're, we're we can we, I've experienced both sides to that, and I think that um, as a result, I would very very much yeah like to. And again, as the mother of of girls, I'd like yourself, Grace, and and yourself, um, Andrea, that you know it's a. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure whether I, I uh, agree with the. You, if they can't see it, they can't be it, because l- there have been lots of firsts, you know. Um, and and so therefore, yes, you can. You know, you can be it. Um, but certainly for my own daughters, it's very important that too that I I am you know uh, looking after myself and embodying um, uh, you know the. T- types of attributes that I would expect for them too. So um, it has it changed? Absolutely. Of course it has. Um, is it continuing to get better? Yes, it is. Um, are we there yet? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. So it's, there's, it's, um, that's a minefield too, but uh, women in, in leadership is incredibly important. Whilst we're doing this, uh obviously it's a commercial entity, but we also, we all enjoy it. And I think we said this a few times in our meetings and uh, I said it several times, I was been in sales and this doesn't feel like selling. It's something I really enjoy doing. And, you know, every time we do a project and we come out of there buzzing and it's great fun and, you know, we've seen the transformation, but what are, and Grace, you go first. What are your goals going forward uh, in the near future, in the in the longer term, as a as a coaching practice, and or with us as Pentago? What's your goal? Oh God, um, I wish I was prepped for that question. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. Um, there's no need for that. Um, is my employer going to hear this? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I I suppose. Look, ideally, I would love to make um, a full time career out of coaching, um, because it is absolutely my passion. So go back to you know. 1998 when I did my leaving cert like I wanted to be an accountant because that was a good logical sensible job and there's nothing at all wrong with that but I feel as as my life has evolved and my experience has evolved I feel I have so much to give in terms of coaching people um, and I suppose enriching people's lives and really um, you know when I was when I was a younger child you know people used to say oh what's your talent and I used to always say oh, I don't have one you know, because I couldn't sing or I couldn't dance or, you know, I wasn't good at music or, you know, drama or anything, you know, and I always thought I didn't have a talent. And now I'm 41 years of age and I absolutely know I have a talent and it's inherent in me. And I am a coach and I always should have been a coach. And I don't know whether it was my life experiences that made me an authentic, genuine coach, but I have absolutely no doubt in my ability as a coach. And, you know, what I, you know, I, I feel I have a lot to give and I want to give it really um and I, I no growth is or no journey is linear you know and like I'm still in a growth journey myself and I think for every good coach we should also be coached and I, I do think you know that I'm on an evolving journey and the more I learn about myself and the more I develop myself the more I can help and develop others you know and um, so I'm just on this this constant journey basically how about you Laura I think this is just, I think it's just, again, coming from, um, you know, a, a corporate background as well. I just, I, I think it's such a gift to, um, and again, I mean, is it about leaving a legacy? I don't know. But for me, it's about um, meaning and purpose. 
I I see the enormous value that this has. And I mean, you know, when we when we go in to propose with a client, as you said, Andrea, we're not selling because we 100% believe it, do you know? And it's, and it's, and it makes it so nice and so clean or something, you know what I mean? There isn't this hustle. It's very much a look, this is what it is. This is how much better it can be. Do you want it? Do, do you want to be better? Do you want to get better? Do you want to have a better time? I am. Um, so, uh, and her, I, I, and I love, I love collaboration. I I am, I couldn't work just by myself. It just wouldn't be for me um, because I, I, you know, again, maybe it's the whole people thing, but I just love, I love when we get together. I love that when we meet, I love the energy and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that. And, and I, I think because we enjoy it so much, it just, it comes across. And I mean, the feedback so far has been superb. Um, I, I, I really just, it, 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 you know, do we have a goal? Do we have objective? Absolutely. To go in there and make an impact, to go in and, and, and support companies to, to be better and enjoy it more and to grow and to create and all of those wonderful things. And tell me something, given this um, Grace as a proper Corkonia told us that she's from Cork, do you want to tell us where you're from? Me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, because Grace had to say she was from Cork. If, she, if you're from Cork, you have to say you're from Cork, which is fantastic. <laughs> Tell me something. Uh, just before we finish, I want to ask you something. Um, if you were to advise anybody to read a book uh, on, on, doesn't necessarily have to be coach, but anything that you, a book that it really kind of stand out for you, any, anything at all, what would it be, Grace? Can I, can I say two? You can say two. I have to stretch the boundaries. <laughs> um, so, um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, I, I just finished it, Grace. Oh, did you? <laughs> um, I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's very simple um, and there's some really good stuff in it. And one of my main takeaways from it was should is a cage and right is not real, you know. We're doing the right thing, but that's not necessarily being true to yourself. So I just found it a phenomenal book. And then the other one, which I thought was really simple, and it's the only book I have ever read in one day, and I'm not an avid reader, I have to say. Um, it's a book called The Right Questions by Debbie Ford. And it's a, an essential guide really to kind of, I suppose, it's almost like you could coach yourself by reading it. You know, it's 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 almost like the child, you know, and you kind of, you say, I must do this. And it's like, but why? But why? But why? You know, it, you know, what's, why do you have to do a certain thing? Or it, it's a kind of a challenging way. It's kind of 10 questions to ask yourself um, to make sure you're doing the right thing and you're certain as to the reasons why you're doing something. And I suppose it also tells you as to whether, you know, your choice of doing something is that bringing you closer to your goal or is it bringing you further away from your goal so it probably manages your choice base very well in the sense of you make sure that every choice you make is aligned with your goal and it's not bringing you further away from it it's good it's simple lovely how about you laura anything you read recently or anytime please 
Um, I, I, I'd say a lot of people have read it before to um, Edith Edgar. Is it Edith Edgar, The Choice? I loved it. Um, uh, she was a 15-year-old in Auschwitz. Uh, can't even say it. Um, and just her journey uh, from Hung- Hung- Hungary, uh, Hungary through Austria um, into Poland and over to America. It was just a stunning, stunning read. And she is a stunning, stunning person. Um, we've read so much in relation to this and we continue to read so much. Um, another one that spoke to me was The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks. Uh, is it Hendricks? Gay Hendricks. If again, if I had, sorry, if I had prepared the answer to this question, the answers might be a bit different, but these are the ones that are coming to my mind. Um, that's okay. That's quite okay. Um, you know me, I don't like to prepare too much. You that's, know? that's wonderful. <laughs> um, uh, Authenticity, it's called. That's it, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I've, there's, there's, there's been, there's, sure, there's so many wonderful books out there. I, I also loved Untamed too. Um, I love Brené Brown's work love her work the gift of imperfect parenting one of my favorites um <laughs> rising strong daring greatly she's just awesome she's so she's so wonderful to listen to as well if you get her on audible um but those are the those are my types so listen before i let you go back to your kids and to your cooking your sunday lunch and uh, whatever else you're supposed don't to be stereotype doing. That's that's very stereotype that's very stereotype I was looking for a reaction and I got it. Excellent. Uh, uh, before you recovery. Back, <laughs> what anything you want to leave us with uh, before I turn off the microphones? Again, for anybody, I mean, it, most likely a lot of people that are going to be listening in here, um, they've already been exposed to coaching. Um, you can't coach anyone until you can coach yourself is something that I think is, is is really important. So no matter who you are or what you are, even just picking up a book, listening to a podcast, you know, like Andrea's, etc. you know, um, understanding what's going on in your mind is the, the just what that can do for you is, I think, is so powerful and yeah I, I would I would that would be one thing I'd say are you crazy yeah. for me I'd be saying like self-care is not a nice to have it's an absolute necessity so you know I, I would have back in the the noughties you know I would have thought that oh Jesus you know I must do this and I must and everything was outward and I never ever did anything for myself or I never looked you know I was giving to everybody else and I suppose go back to that that saying you know you can't pour from an empty cup and people used to say that to me and I used to be like what the hell are they talking about but now I really really get it so you know for anybody listening to this I would say you know obviously they are self-aware if they're listening to a podcast like yours Andrea but you know to take the time and invest in themselves and you know whether it's a half an hour every day or you know whatever it is but Mm -hmm please invest in yourself. Um, It's just so worth it. And for the generations coming up, everybody's only doing the best they can. And our parents only did the best they could with the information they had. We now have so much more information at our disposal. And I think 
as role models for the next generations, you know, let them know it's okay not to be okay and it's good to invest time and care in yourself. That's wonderful. So Laura Maloney and Grace Mead of Pentagon, and you'll find out a lot more on uh, on the show notes. Thanks a million, and uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, Andrea.